Ladies and gentlemen, this is According to Callus. This is Monday, and it is going to be a Misdirection Monday, stepping in at episode 172 on January the 24th. Misdirection Monday! Yes, every great uh, magician necessitates the use of misdirection to mislead you to trick you to fool you indeed the real good ones don't even let on what they've pulled off so in this episode which i must admit i failed to get out the episode on friday that i hoped to get so i'm going to do a two for one today misdirection monday is going to focus on a few misdirections that you may want to pay attention to as we go forward, and then uh, episode number 173, which will be done and released immediately after this, is going to have to do with my thoughts on HD61. I got to moderate a debate a week ago today, and the audio of that has actually been posted now for several days. There will be a secondary or a forum, if you will, this week. And I strongly suggest you attend that. In addition to that, there is going to be another, I guess, forum would be the appropriate term. I don't know that debate is the best term, but I'm going to just put it out there. And it is being put on by... Let me look it up here so I make sure I get this. The Future Candidate Forum or for the future, if you will, candidate forum. And the candidates from HD61 will be there. It's going to be held at the Grove in the Frisco Commons. Um, I'm trying to see. Oh, it's Raise Your Hand, Texas Advocate for Collin, Denton Counties, the North Texas Commission. And I'm trying to see uh, who other is there. Uh, or who I should say what other um, sponsors they have, but it's going to have to do with public education. Now (laughs) that might prove to be a challenge for me personally, but Hey, what are we going to do? All right. So needless to say, it should be quite interesting and I would recommend you all go represent and uh, see what happens at this forum, I am planning on trying to attend myself, but depending on my schedule, that might not be an option. And again, it's going to be on Tuesday, February 8th. So I, I apologize. It's not this week. It's next. It's actually two weeks from today. My apologies. But two weeks from today, the Grove at Frisco Commons is going to have the For the Future Candidates Forum on Public Education. Now, the reason why this is very important is because the majority of the money for education in Texas comes at the state level. Never mind the fact that they've taken the money from the locals and then are redistributing it. Where have we heard that term before? The McKinney Chamber of Commerce, the Frisco Chamber of Commerce, and the Frisco ISD Council of PTAs, or is it PTOs? I don't remember which, uh, are the sponsors. So, it should be interesting, and apparently all three Republicans are supposed to arrive. They are invited, as well as the Democrat. 
Shame we only have one Democrat running. That might have been more interesting. In either case, I strongly recommend that you consider putting your time in there um, and see what happens. Okay, now that I've eaten up a few minutes and <laughs> giving you some very vital and important information, uh, the other candidate is actually Sheena King, and she is the Democrat running for that office. Um, so, misdirections. So, as you may be aware, the uh, mayor of my hometown, or my current town of residence, if you prefer, has a vested interest in the outcome of our house district race. And he should. That I would suggest everybody that lives in this district has a vested outcome. What was interesting is when he was feeling the need to enlighten us on how he didn't like the campaign tactics of one of the other people that was campaigning against his favorite candidate, he called that one out by name and proceeded to educate us on how there was more than one Republican candidate. But he missed the fact that there are, in fact, three Republican candidates, not just two. So that would be just a little bit of misdirection. Now, I can't blame him. I mean, it, uh, his preferred candidate will likely do better in a two-way race. And if you pretend there's not a third person in that race, that does go to his benefit. Though I suspect the candidate himself is not worried about it. But be that as it may, it is what it is. And he felt the need to put his thumb on the scale. And it is his right. I don't necessarily agree with him uh, in doing so, and I'm not exactly enthusiastic about the fact that he seems to feel the need to do that in every race, particularly um, races that really have no direct effect on him and what he's doing in his administration. But again, he has the right, and I'm not going to beat the guy up for that. I'm just going to remind you all that a guy that tells you in one meeting he's a Republican and then goes to another meeting and tells you he's a Democrat and then tells another group of people one thing and tells another group of people another thing is probably not the best, <laughs> the best barometer, instead of putting both those words together, the best barometer of what it is that is a Republican or makes a good Republican. That is something that is your responsibility to figure that out. Of course, that's where the uh, importance of endorsements come in, right? Because a lot of folks, uh, they don't have the time or energy or, quite frankly, the desire to put in the time and effort to determine which candidate best represents them. So they rely on an endorsement. So a couple of key endorsements can be helpful to provide a shortcut, if you will, to other people making their decision. It can provide... A window into what that candidate stands for. So in this particular race, all three of them have the highest ratings from the NRA. One of them has um, one uh, nation, uh, another nationwide gun rights group endorsing him. The other one has the Texas gun rights group endorsing him. And I'm not sure if they have endorsed the other guy or not. And yes, I'm purposely being void, or I'm sorry, avoiding naming names or pointing fingers. That's not the purpose of this. The idea is that there are three candidates that have bona fides to get to call themselves Republicans. Now, as other 
Republicans, we have the right to say, well, they're a good Republican, they're not a good Republican, or they're a Republican in name only, or they're um, a moderate progressive Republican. There's so many other ways to define this, but at the end of the day, they all get to claim that title. So for somebody to say, well, there's really only two, it's not doing anybody any favors, whether it's the mayor or some of my very conservative friends who would like to pretend that one of the other candidates is not a Republican. I have no problem saying any of them's a good, bad, or otherwise Republican, but to not say they're a Republican is doing a disservice to the Republican Party, in my humble opinion. And because this is my podcast, it would be according to Callis. So therefore we go. So that was a distraction, a misdirection of the week, if you will. The second one, Last month, there was a school board meeting, and in the school board meeting, one of the local candidates was there, and this particular local candidate recognizes he has the right to protect himself. He has a right to carry, and as he might decide to do, he faced a civil penalty for that because apparently that's scary. But I would suggest, and and I will probably do a follow-up podcast on this at some point in the future, I would suggest that it was entirely politically motivated. Indeed, it was a misdirection. Because no sooner did this happen than we had some other people come out of the woodwork who I would say at one point were in good standing with conservative circles or Republican circles, and they came out and smeared this candidate. Now, this particular candidate I endorsed, and I do kind of feel like there's a lot of things that you would do in politics that you would never do in your personal life. So I get that. But what was disheartening is to go beyond the point where (laughs) your candidate is being questioned. Okay, not the guy I'm talking about, but your particular candidate is being questioned, and in the the need to defend him, you bring up the other guy and you bring up the other fact that the other guy was arrested and try and smear him for doing something that he clearly did not do. And in fact, you go so far as to say, well, he should be disqualified. Well, I guess in the country that I grew up in and the, the oath to the Constitution I swore to is you're innocent until proven guilty. And hopefully the... uh Common County DA will see this exactly for what it is. It was a political maneuver, right? It was a hastily hatched plan to try and discredit or embarrass one other candidate. And it was politically motivated, not motivated by a true threat or fear or even a direct violation of law that necessitated that. But unfortunately for us, that was another misdirection. You see, they couldn't have somebody run in an election and run a clean race and potentially upset the apple cart that makes up our city council because we must be 7-0 or 6-1 at the very least on every vote because otherwise we're opposing the mayor's administration. And we all know that the school board does not want to upset the city council because they work hand in hand on a good many things as they should But if they would have just chose to stay out of it or if they would have done the correct thing, you know, if the officer would have exercised 
Oh, I forgot what they call it when they can actually think on their own. Oh, yeah, that's right. Discretion. If they were to exercise their own discretion and say, hey, you know, sir, this is technically school property and there's a question of whether or not it really counts as a school. So we would strongly recommend so we don't have to, you know, take the next step. You put up your firearm somewhere. I mean, that would have been a polite, professional way to handle that. Or, hey, I'm sorry, sir. Were you aware that this is actually a place where you're not allowed to carry by this rule? The, whether it's 30 out 6, 30 out 5, or 30 out 7, it really doesn't matter. You're so really, ideally, should give people a heads up or a warning. But no, 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 no. That wouldn't suit the needs of the school board, much less the city council. So we arrested the guy. So you tell me how that's not a politically motivated action. Again, a misdirection. The misdirection is they're trying to intimidate the people that show up at the school board meetings so we don't show up. They're afraid that we're paying attention to what they're doing. They're afraid that we might want to assert ourselves. Indeed, the school board president seems to think that she works for herself. This is her meeting. She dictates everything that happens there. Well, in fact, that's not what it is. They work for us. We elected them, mistakenly so in my humble opinion, but we elected them. They work for us and their term exists so long as we continue to reelect them. So I would say to you, McKinney, next year in 2023, are you going to send the same people back? They would pull a stunt like this. Are you going to send the same people back that don't want to hear what you have to say? Are you going to send the same people back who, oh, I don't know, have allowed the school system to degrade in the way that it has? We're paying a lot of money to the school district. We should expect better results. But hey, don't worry. We get the temple to football in town, right? I mean, McDaniel should be proud. He'll probably get his name on it at some point. But the fact of the matter is, is we have a number of schools that are just not up to snuff. And I've heard various excuses and reasons for why that is. But again, the school district's working hand in hand with the city council. One might wonder why they tend to concentrate certain housing in certain locations. Now, I know they've made attempts before to balance out the schools and make them more equal across the board. But let me ask you something. If you have a large population of students that need extra help, whether it's with ESL or other significant issues, whatever they may be, pick your, pick your pleasure. Would it not be better to put them in a school where it's targeted towards that, where they can marshal more resources to serve that community better? Wouldn't it be a better outcome long-term? Just a thought. Now, at some point, those students may progress beyond the need for that, in which case, well, you can go to a different school or you can do this or you can do that. I mean, the whole idea is we're supposed to offer options. We're supposed to be there for all of our students, but are we? Are we doing the job that we need to do for them? I would suggest to you that some things that I've learned up from my... (laughs) Some things that I may have learned in the past from my education courses that I took almost a decade ago, or perhaps over a decade ago, since how I can't remember what year it is at the moment. When you target a student group, depending on how you structure the learning environment, two of the three groups lose out. If you target it towards the middle, the people 
that are behind the curve, if you will, lose out and the people ahead of the curve lose out. When you target it to accommodate the people that are ahead of the curve, well, the people that are on the curve, right? Some of them benefit, but the majority don't. And then the people below the curve, well, they're just lost. And then, of course, there's the whole situation. If you try and target it towards the bottom end of the curve, the center fails to gain anything. And those ahead of the curve, well, they're just hopelessly lost. We're doing nobody any favors by pretending all students are the same and all students are at the same level and all students are equal. When, in fact, it's clear that they're not. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't have the same rights under the law. That doesn't mean that they're not entitled. God forbid that I would use that term. It doesn't mean they don't deserve as the children of taxpaying parents within a school district to receive access to the best education possible. But it's extremely difficult to do everything targeted for the middle for everybody to benefit. Indeed, anywhere from 50 to percent or more, your students lose out on that. There is a better way. There are other systems. But unfortunately, our local school board isn't interested in addressing all of those. They're more interested in asserting power, reminding us they have the authority, building nice buildings, putting out contracts that they don't actually, well, we're just going to leave that for another day. That's not my expertise. But that it would be the misdirection at the school district. So let's jump up to the state level, if we might. Our governor has decided that now that he has challengers and it's getting closer to the primary, he maybe ought to, oh, I don't know, campaign. And just as an interesting aside, he chose to go to California to raise money. Now, am I the only one that finds it a little bit disturbing that the governor of our state goes to another state to raise money to continue to stay in the governor's office? How would that be significantly different than Joe Biden going to China or the Ukraine to raise money so that he can win his next presidential election? Or if you prefer, how would that be any different than Donald Trump traveling to Russia or Japan to raise money so he can run for re-election? Now I understand what you're saying. Well, those are foreign countries. They don't have our best interests at heart. And there are actual laws against that. You're right. He's going to California, which is basically another country and doesn't have Texas's best interests in heart. So what's your point? Just because it's legal doesn't mean it's ethical or a good idea. Doesn't mean that it's appropriate if it's legal. Have you ever wondered why there's the rules for thee and the rules for we? This is a case in point. Why is it that the Congress people get to do insider trading, but if you or I were to do it, well, we'd be thrown in prison and locked up forever. I mean, even Martha Stewart had to serve some time and take a penalty And honestly, I don't believe she did one-tenth of what most of our Congress people do. Yes. So I I I think the misdirection there is that everybody pretends that it's the governor versus Beto. Well, first of all, Beto hasn't won his primary yet. And second of all, Governor Abbott hasn't won his primary yet. Now, I know what you're saying. They're the odds-on favorite. They're, They're the favorite to win. You know... Most likely it's going to be them. Okay, well, fine. If you're going to surrender now, go for it. Why even bother? 
I mean, maybe you can be like the 96% of McKinney eligible voters and just not bother to show up and vote in an election because it's inconvenient or for sure the other guy's going to win. I mean, forget the Republic. We don't need it. Yeah. Again, a distraction. The misdirection from the state level is they're pretending there's already a general election when the primary is not over. On top of that, the misdirection on behalf of the governor's office is that he's actually doing anything with the border. Now, I know there's an argument to be made, and actually I might cover that in my next podcast. There's an argument to be made that the state has very limited ability to what they could do in protecting the border. I understand that argument. I don't think it holds water. I think the last book I reviewed, 444, would seem to refute that. I think Article 4, uh, Section 4 of the Constitution would seem to refute that. I think the own our own Texas Constitution would seem to refute that. But, you know, what do I know? I don't have a doctorate degree, and I'm not working for the uh, government, so what do I know? Well, I mean... Some of this is just common sense. I mean, simple reading of the document says that you can do it because all rights not or all um, powers not given to the federal government are reserved to the states and the people thereof. But, you know, again, what do I know? Again, more misdirection from the state. Now, here comes the fun part. Misdirection at the federal level. You know, as I'm coming in around the curve on the last, uh, you know, six, eight minutes here. Does anybody find it interesting that suddenly we feel the need to, I don't know, go to war with Russia? Oh, I don't know. Let's stir up the pot with China some more. Oh, I know. Let's poke Iran. Or, hey, North Korea is going to threaten us now. Now, I mean... Foreign policy is not my biggest issue. Maybe it should be. But if you don't have your domestic policy in check, what good does it have to have a foreign policy? I think the two drive each other. I'm fairly certain that Tom Woods has made a very good argument that two go hand in hand on more than one occasion. Sometimes it's not even his own argument. It's just one that he's putting out there. The idea that suddenly we're in an existential threat from Russia is just ridiculous and crazy. I mean, we did spend the last four years blaming them for everything and blaming them for electing Trump and blaming them for this and blaming them for that. Whether it's real or not, it's largely irrelevant. But I think Vladimir Putin's far more concerned about his country and far more concerned about Russia and the Russian people than our own leadership is concerned about America or the American people or, God forbid, Abbott's concerned about Texas and the Texians and the Tejanos. But, you know, silly me. Again, a misdirection. Never mind that inflation's out of control. Never mind our debt's out of control. Never mind that, oh, I don't know, your vaccine doesn't work as advertised. Oh, I probably just got banned. Um, Never mind all these other things. We're going to distract you with a war. Now, some of you that are wiser people are thinking back to yourselves, well, isn't that what George Bush did? Yes, as a matter of fact, I think you can make a very good argument that that is what happened. And I think that, you know, there's any number of things that you could say 
about either of the Bushes and the things they did to distract us from what was going on in the world around us, or more importantly, in our own domestic policies. It used to be said when I was very young, which would be the early 70s, which was kind of a carryover from the 60s. What's good for General Motors? What's good for General Mills? What's good for General Election? Electric, excuse me, is good for the United States. And to a certain point, I would agree with that because they were national companies at the time. They were vested interest built into the United States. And I think if you were to look, you would see General Electric is far more invested overseas and really could care less about the United States. If you were to look, General Motors is a shell of its former self and is in part owned by both the federal government and the unions. Now, the unions, to their credit, are concerned about their membership, or at least the leadership that gets paid by the membership. But they may have a vested interest still, but they are also kind of doing the woke capitalism thing, right? The Mm, oh, there's a proper term and escaped my mind for the moment, but we'll move on. They're not really concerned about the United States and, well, General Mills, I think they're part of a large conglomerate now that, quite frankly, could care less as well. So that's far and few between. I think that many of the things that go on here are done to benefit multinational corporations that just happen to make weapons or munitions, or electronics. Is it any wonder that every time something happens, their solution is to ramp up surveillance? Their solution is to clamp down on our pre-existing rights. Their solution is to create more and more police state mentality. Whether it's a foreign issue or a domestic issue, that is all government knows how to do is increase control. And you have to ask yourself, is that really what's best for our country? Why are they doing the things, or at least saying the things that are happening and are happening? What is the normal outcome of this? More control. Because we fall for the misdirection every time. We're progressively pushed by fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of, I don't know, other countries that really have zero desire of invading us. Maybe a legitimate but blown out of proportion fear of Muslims. I, I I really think that if we just did a better job of vetting who came here, if we, we just actually showed legitimate interest in bad actors and sending them back from where they came from, we wouldn't have near the problems that we do. But of course, while we're on the topic of federal misdirection, some of you may be aware that there was a religion of peace incident whereupon a synagogue I think that's the proper term forgive me if I'm wrong we'll call it a, Jew, a Jewish meeting place was held for ransom essentially the religion of peace devotee wanted another religion of peace devotee who is a known terrorist released and the method of doing that was to go and hold some Jewish people. Now, I don't know about you, but most churches got the picture when they were threatened. They ought to maybe put a little time into a safety committee. Maybe they shouldn't look evil at people that carry 
firearms that are in their congregation. Maybe there's certain people that it would be good to have around. Some have even gone so far as to have local law enforcement stand outside or inside their foyer. I'm not sold on that particularly. My church does it. It doesn't upset me. It doesn't excite me. It's just it's the way it is. Okay. But they've addressed the issue. They've acknowledged the threat. But apparently, um, some group of uh, Jewish origin decided that, no, 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 the feds need to send out protection. They need to provide protection for Jewish groups. Now, I'm sorry. When did protecting a religious group fall under the auspices of the federal government? I can't think of a way that that should happen, but apparently this is now an appropriate thing to demand. Now, I would say this to my Jewish brothers and sisters out there. You have codified and protected rights in this country that we recognize pre-existing our government, and we would strongly encourage you to take advantage of those and protect yourself. If you want to hire the local constabulary or police to come in, and patrol your area, more power to you. But if you would take that upon yourself, exercise a little dominion, a little self-protection, you wouldn't need to depend on government. It would seem, and excuse me for being a bit rude, but it would seem of all the religious groups in the world, there would be reluctant to ask a government to protect them, it would be our friends in the Jewish community. I'm just going to let you think on that for a minute. Now, an interesting aside is, our friends in the religion of peace, they don't worry about such things. In fact, they may have their own security force, they may not. They may acknowledge it, they may not. But they have no fear, and one might wonder why that might be. I suspected because you would be a fool to approach, approach a mosque or a madrasa thinking you're going to carry out some kind of terrorist action. I think those people will see you coming a mile away. And I think they're not afraid to take the appropriate action to defend the lives of those people present. Maybe we should take a lesson from them. I'm just saying. So, Back to the main point here. There's been a lot of misdirections. There have been a lot of things going on trying to force you to draw a conclusion or make a decision that's not going to be good for you in the long term. And I know I don't really need to say this, but because of the world we live in today, let me be clear that I mean no ill will to our Jewish brothers and sisters. In fact, my heart goes out to their family and their friends that had to go through that ordeal. I would encourage them to take the steps to do what they think is necessary to protect themselves. I would encourage them to know that we would likely be standing side by side had some bad stuff gone down beyond that. But that's really an individual in the community's responsibility, not the federal government's responsibility. And that is my concern. And that is what I'm talking about. Well, friends, I think that's enough for this episode. 
<laughs> I kind of went off on a tangent there that wasn't necessarily entitled. Again, maybe a victim of my own misdirection. This is episode 172. This was Misdirection Monday. This is According to Callus, and I will see you on the other side.